0: hello pittsburgh steelers fans welcome to to another episode of steelers friday night six-pack i'm your host as always tony defio and i thank you for joining me on this lovely friday evening in pittsburgh the first one of september and the penultimate one before the start of the steelers 2022 regular season on september 11th so as always i hope it's great wherever you are right now if uh, you're watching me live on youtube or facebook or if you're listening to me in audio form i hope it's a great lovely time wherever you happen to be in steeler nation and before i continue i like to ask you as i always do to please like and subscribe to our behind the store curtain youtube channel we bring you live shows each and every day and night just a little while earlier on Friday evening, we brought you the t- Touchdown Under show with Maddie Peverall and Mark Davison, who were bringing you Steelers content from Australia. That's um, every Friday around five o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And Of course, there's this show. We have bad language over the weekend. We have We Run the North with Kevin Tate, who is having a birthday on September 2nd. So happy birthday to Kevin. At least that's what I understand anyway. Uh, We have pregame stuff, uh, postgame shows. Uh, Monday, we have The Hangover with Brian Anthony Davis, uh, Shannon White, and Yours Truly. Tuesday, we have The Scobro Show with Dave and Rich Schofield. Wednesday, we have Know Your Enemy with Jeffrey Benedict and Shannon. And then, as I mentioned, we have Preview every Thursday with Jeff Hartman and Dave and Brian Let's see, is that it for all of our live shows? I believe it is. And of course, you can catch all those shows live on Facebook. And uh, also, After the Fact, on any audio platform of your choosing. And we uh, have a whole host of of audio-only shows that you you can listen to each and every week, including Let's, Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman, The Stat Geek with Dave Schofield, the Steelers Fix with Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts. Bad Language, I believe, is on... It's an audio show, so I stand corrected. Bad Language is now an audio-only show. So that's on the audio side. The War Room with Maddie Peverell. From the Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey, if I didn't mention that already. And um, we have a bunch of other shows. So please check those out. And... Again, you can find them on any any uh, place where you can we can find podcasts. You can find our channel. It's a quickly, rapidly growing channel. Oh yeah, uh, I always forget this one. The uh, what he's talking about podcast with Kyle Christ, the very entertaining Kyle Christ and his buddies out there on the West Coast, and they will be doing the primetime time post game shows during the regular season. So. Check those guys out. You won't be sorry. And check out Behind the Store Curtain, the website. We bring bringing news, commentary, film breakdown. It's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers needs. Let's see who we have in the live chat on this lovely Friday evening. Who was number one? Kathy Ford says, hi, Tony. Hello. Jerry Devil, bridesmaid again, number two, but he's always up there at the top of the list. State of the Steelers, also, yeah, State of the Steelers has a a, a podcast, too, so you can check that out every week. Danny Owens, Jr., Kyle Kreis, who says, heard this guy hates Penn State, and what what can I say? I'm I'm a Pitt fan, Kyle. If you're a Penn State fan, surely you can understand this on the other side. You know, nothing personal, except it is. It's, it's, It's sports. College sports, which is probably the most personal of them all. I'll get more of, into more of that later. Anyway, welcome to Kyle. We have uh, Steelers Chick 46, Steelers Pittsburgh, Benjamin Bennett, Double B is with us. All right. I'm primed for a lovely uh, Labor Day weekend six pack, so to speak. So let's talk about some Steelers news. Um Following their 19-9 victory over the Lions last week, they had to make their their, uh, final cut down to 53 players on Tuesday. And there really wasn't a ton of surprise, I guess. Um, You know, we hype these players up so much that (laughs) even uh, the guys that are really on, on the fringe of the roster, when they get cut, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they cut that guy. Like, why can't you believe it? They're on the fringe of the roster, but among the notable cuts were Tyler Vaughn's, uh, Anthony McFarland, um, Joe Haig, veteran uh, lineman uh, that they brought in last year. Um, uh, Derek Tuska was 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 cut, signed to the practice squad, and I believe he got picked up. By another team on Friday, I think it was the Titans. I want to say, but uh, yeah, so they were among the notable cuts. Um, was I was I totally uh, shocked by anything? No. Was I happy? Eh. It doesn't really. I, I I've seen enough players come and go as far as uh, the cut down day, as far as, you know, getting the ax and then finding their way back here, including Jamar Jones, who they acquired. um, I guess it was on Thursday. I'm going to say they picked him up uh, after, after he was the star of last year's training camp and preseason, they cut him. People couldn't believe it. And now he's back Uh, a few years ago. It was Tuzar skipper like, Oh, I can't believe they cut Tuzar skipper. And, uh, they eventually brought him back, and then they cut him again. So, uh, there, there was nothing that really, again, nothing that shocked me, and, and nothing that made me happy. Or, you know, like I said, these guys that are, that are on the fringe, you know, I mean, some of them are going to wind up helping the Steelers, but most, you know, are, are just going to, you know, basically be bodies. You know, yeah, yeah, they're going to help them you get through games, but they're not going to make more than likely. They're not going to make a huge difference in, in the 20, the outcome of the 2022 campaign as any, any other season, it's going to come down to the, to the, to the star players, the starters, the, the important, the important role players, you know, um, for example, people are just mad that Marcus Allen was cut and then, and then brought back. But Marcus Allen is just a, you know, he's a special teams guy. And he's a down the line inside linebacker. Now, he, he, he's a converted safety. Now, Allen was originally cut and then brought back. But I think that was more um, strategic. Because I think they, they, had to, they had to get down to a 53-man roster before they could put certain players on the injured reserve list to start the year. So they probably told Allen, you know, we're gonna we're gonna let you go, but but stick around, stay by your phone, keep your phone on because we're gonna bring you back. You know, they, they had to um, put Calvin Austin, the fourth round pick, they had to put him on on IR with a, uh, as I found out today, a Liz Frank sprain that he suffered right before the first preseason game. So he's on the IR to start the year, and I'm guessing uh, he won't be on the IR the entire year. I'll probably be be back. I think the minimum is a month, maybe six weeks. Uh, But if he suffered a Liz Frank sprain uh, before the Seattle game, uh, usually these things take about a month to heal, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, when he does come back, he should be uh, at least 100% healthy. Um, And then, of course, I had to put, unfortunately, uh, Demonte Kazee on the IR uh, because he suffered a, a broken wrist in the preseason finale against detroit the other day and that one was was really a shame i think because i didn't really know much about the guy when they when they picked him up i guess it was on may 3rd they signed him uh and he's, he's spent he spent time with atlanta and he spent last year with dallas he was a fifth round pick in 2017 and i think much of it because he was again he was signed in may and usually those kind of free agents aren't aren't uh heralded they're not you know, they don't get much publicity other than places like behind a saw curtain, but you know, there really wasn't a whole lot of talk about him. But then once training camp started, it became clear that he was going to be a, an integral part of their secondary in 2022, someone who can, who could play the, uh, the deep safety, uh, and kind of free up Mika Fitzpatrick to, to do some, um, freelance work and to play in the box, things like that. Um, so you know i was really starting to become a fan of his like like a lot of people were you know watching him play in the preseason he, he was really impressive and then of course he suffered that injury and i don't know how long he's going to be out if it's a broken wrist i'm sure you know he could probably come back and in, in maybe a, a month or two i'm guessing so hopefully he'll get back in time to be a an important part of their secondary to really factor in, into their plans like they were hoping he would it's funny i was watching the uh the pregame show the other day on uh on kdka uh prior to the lions game and, and they did a, a feature on on kazee and he, he had an, an interview i guess it was with uh, misty matthews but anyway they, they kept showing highlights of him making tackles and i kept and i said to myself boy he he likes to kind of tuck his head and go low to, to make these tackles i realize he's a, he's a, a db but you know maybe he should try wrapping up you know and sure enough that's how he got hurt in the game um, he, he kind of ducked his head and, and tried to take out the uh the Lions uh ball carrier i think it was Justin Jefferson or i'm sorry Justin Jackson and he wound up catching uh the uh, the ball carrier's knee on his wrist his, and uh he broke his wrist so uh speedy recovery to uh to Kazee um Steven Sims made made the roster, um, which I was. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say I was surprised, but I thought if they were going to keep a receiver in place of um, of Calvin Austin, it, w- it would have been Vaughn since he had a really good preseason. I thought, but then again, so did Stephen Sims. He he looked really good, and he's had a he's had a bit of a a run in the NFL. So they're keeping him around. I'm not sure if he's going to stick around after Austin returns. But you never know. I mean, this might be one of those years for Austin that's just a lost rookie year because of uh, because of getting off to a slow start due to that injury that he suffered. He, You know, he, he was dazzling in camp prior to the preseason. Then he he suffers that injury and he spends the entire preseason in a, a walking boot and he doesn't play. So it could be a, a lost year for him. And maybe people like Sims and Miles Boykin will uh, st- stick around the entire year and And uh, contribute, so we'll see how that goes. On the trade front, uh, the Steelers made a couple of uh, trades after their cutdown day. They added veteran lineman, offensive lineman Jesse Davis. I think it was on Tuesday. They sent a. (laughs) This is what I I still don't get. What this means? They sent a conditional twenty twenty five seventh round pick. to the Vikings for Davis um, So He'll be here Through the 2022 campaign I, I assume he'll, he'll 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 stick around The entire year, although you never know uh, But he's a, 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 four, a An undrafted free agent I think it was in 2015, I want to say And he, he started 72, 72 games with uh, the Dolphins uh, Through 2021, but then he signed a, a one-year deal with the Vikings This past offseason and the reason why, I mean, I'm not an expert on, on offensive line play. I'm not really an expert on anything when it comes to to the X's and O's side of football and player positions and everything. But I do know that a 30-year-old lineman who can play various positions but center and has started 72 games in the NFL would probably be more valuable than a contract that I think paid him, or was going to pay him $1.25 million or something like that, $1.5 million. Um, in 2022, and this cap hits 1.45. I do not know that much. So guys like that, uh, guys who are, who are really valuable, don't get signed to contracts like that. So that tells me that that Davis is probably not the answer to the Steelers' offensive line woes. Um, to me, he seems like an like, like I wrote about on Friday. He seems like an uh, an older version of of Joe Hag. Um, maybe they were looking to save a little bit of money by bringing him in. Maybe they were just looking to find an upgrade over Hague in terms of, of a guy who can play guard and, and tackle. And if something happens, uh, with one of the tackles or one of the guards, he can step right in and, and, and and do a nice job filling in. We'll see. Um, certainly it's not going to, he's not, I don't think they brought him in here to, to compete for a starting job. I mean, if they do, then it's, it's an indictment to people like Dan Moore or Kevin Dotson or whomever he would, who, who whoever's job he would, he would um, take over, you know, without an injury, of course. So, um, you know, what to do about the line was well, like I talked about last week, you just have to kind of bite the bullet for now if you're the Steelers, if you're the fans. And you have to realize that it's going to take, it's still a process. It's an ongoing process. Uh, if you watch Sunday's game at Accra Stadium, they again struggled. I mean, they struggled to run the ball. They struggled to, to protect the passer. Uh, none of the, of the three quarterbacks that played had much time <laughs> in the pocket. And, you know, it was kind of alarming. Dan Morse continued to struggle. Um, most of those guys really struggle. So I don't know what you can do at this point, but you can't, you're not going to be able to, to fix the issue with a, a veteran lineman that you, you you've got for a conditional future seventh round pick. That's certainly not going to be the answer. So like we keep saying, you just have to hope that, that they can find continuity together, that individually they can, they can find a way to improve, uh, especially guys like like Moore and 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 um, Shooks and and hopefully Daniels is just going through a a tough time adjusting to his new team. So individually, they have to learn how to get, they have to try to get better um, through coaching and, and practice, and collectively they have to find a way to to work together as a as a five man unit. I mean, we've talked about that many times. It gets mentioned every time anyone who knows what they're talking about with the offensive line, when I when I when I when I talk about uh the problems, one of the things they mention is it, it takes time for them to gel as a unit. And apparently that's more important for the offensive line than any other position in in, in football, maybe other than the, the secondary, you know, learning how to work together and figure, you know you you know works you know this is learning each other's tendencies and and their moves and how they react in certain situations so like i talked about last week it it was it was ugly four or five years here before they finally turned a corner and i'd say the end of 2013 uh is when they kind of started to settle down and 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 gel as a unit, and that carried over into the next year. And eventually, they had one of the premier offensive lines in the NFL. So, you know, it's, it's probably one of those deals where they're going to have to try to get through 2022 and hope to see improvement. And then next year, since they've, they've thrown so many, you know, they, they've, they've addressed a lot of other areas over these past three or four drafts. Including linebacker, uh, running back, quarterback, obviously, uh, defensive line, secondary. Uh, so now they're going to have to maybe throw some uh, premium picks at the line if, if there isn't a drastic improvement this year. Um, which is a, exactly what they did the last time in, in the uh, early 2010s when they finally decided to to start throwing premium picks at at, at the offensive line. So. It's just a matter of them trying to get through this year and then uh, see where they are as far as um, as far as, uh, players like Moore and, and Dotson and Kendrick Green and, and Shooks and those guys. Have they made any strides to the point where you're, you're confident that they can be a part of the offensive line in the future? That, you know, the, the Jesse Davis trade is kind of like, eh, you know, it's a, it's a meh trade, but the trade they made, I think it was after Davis or maybe it was before, was when they brought in Malik Reed from the Broncos uh for, they, they swapped six round picks and then the Steelers also got a seventh round pick, I guess for next, for next year uh, in the Reed deal. And He's an outside linebacker, edge rusher. Uh, spent twenty nineteen undrafted free agent, or free agent out of Nevada. Spent his first three years in Denver. Uh, he was a basically a full time starter the last two years due to injury, including Von Miller, who missed most of twenty twenty with a with a an ankle injury. And um, he recorded uh, thirteen sacks the last two years, which you know for an undrafted free agent, that's not bad. He has fifteen. In in forty-five games. Um, and he was obviously brought in to address the uh the depth problem at outside linebacker uh behind TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. So it looks like a good deal. I'm not saying this guy's uh a, a starter material long term or, or the next James Harrison, but for twenty twenty two, and you know he'll be a free agent after this year, but for this season, he looks like he could provide them quality, uh, snaps as a backup. And that's, it's really all you can ask for when you're talking about, uh, your backups, you know, like I said in the past, people, people seem to want that, that ironclad insurance policy when it comes to a uh, depth in, at every position, you're just not going to get that in most cases. Uh, you know, people always say, I'm concerned about the depth at insert position here. Well. I mean, you could probably say that for most teams in the NFL. It's it's just not like it used to be in the nineties. You know, like when Bill Cowher was the coach and he seemed like he always had quality depth. Well, you know, with the, with the, with these contracts becoming more and more outrageous for these uh, star players, at just about every position, it's hard to, to, uh, to have quality backups, uh, people waiting in the wings Um, and a lot of players. They don't want to be stuck behind a lot of quality backups. Don't want to be stuck uh, behind starters for three or four years. They, they want, they want out, they want to get traded. So it's hard to, it's hard to maintain um, quality depth in 2022. So um, it's going to be an issue for, for, for uh, a lot of teams and the Steelers, are no are, are no different. We just think they are because, you know, we're, we're so, we have such a ton of vision about them. But believe me, other teams are going through the same problem. Having said that, I think uh, Reed will be a a, a fine a fine uh, backup for them, He'll probably at a third linebacker, and, and uh, Jones should uh, factor into into the rotation, which is probably why they they brought him in here. They wanted him to be. They probably saw him as an upgrade over uh, Tuska. So, I think that's something that if you're if you were worried about the depth at outside linebacker, that, that kind of addresses that. I think they did that as, as, as they addressed it as well as they possibly could uh, considering what they're paying TJ watt it's hard to have a uh, a, a a expensive backup um, and another good thing about Reed is is he's a young player he's an undrafted free agent he's not a former number one pick like like Melvin Ingram was last year coming in here a veteran a guy who probably thought as it turned out that he you know he probably he was a little disingenuous about his uh, intentions when he walked in in the door. Uh, he probably had designs on Alex Highsmith's job. And, you know, by the end of the year or before the, the trade deadline, they, they had to ship him out. And Mike Tomlin kind of said, you know, we got to reevaluate the kind of players we bring in here because um, it's probably better if we bring in guys uh, from the start and, and, uh, and let them know their role from the start and let them grow in that role from a rookie on up. Well, Reed's not that exactly that, but he is a he is a career um backup. I mean, yeah, he has started the last 2 years due to injury, but um he knows his role as of right now and that's as a backup. So I'm happy with that deal. And uh the question remains now with uh let's see nine days to go until the start of the, uh, 22 regular s- season. Are they done? And they pro- they're probably, they probably not done. They're probably going to make more moves. They're probably going to try to, uh, address, uh, other positions. Maybe, I don't know. Um, if you look at so many areas, um, Kazee, for example, was was a loss for them, but they do have Norwood, who I think has the potential to, to, to be a, a similar player. And he showed a, that a lot last year. Um are they are they happy with, with their safety depth? Are they happy with their cornerback depth? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um but there's still uh, nine again, nine days to go before the start of the season, so there's still time to make moves and even after the season starts um there's there you know the moves continue and that's why i kind of feel bad about some of these uh players that you know like like Jalen warren that you know that was a great story if you ever, if you heard the, the soundbite of him talking about how he couldn't believe that he actually made the team you know the, the undrafted free agent that kind of was the uh one of the the uh camp darlings the one of the isaac redmond award um I think he won the award. From the, it was either him or Mark Robinson. I forget who won, but um, he certainly uh, captured our our, our fancy as fans. And listening to him him describe that feeling, it was almost like watching Invincible with uh, Mark Wahlberg uh, about how you know I, I called my family. I, you know, I, I I let them know that I made it. I, I found you know I made it into the NFL. I'm I'm an NFL player, but so, oftentimes those guys that, that just make it. They just make the final cut. They fall victim to to a, a numbers game later on in the year. Sometimes a week or two later, and they and they and they get cut, and because maybe somebody got hurt at, at a different position, and and they had to make a move. So I, I kind of you know I feel, I'm happy for those guys when they make it, but at the same time I'm like, all right, don't get too excited because you know. Something could happen, and you might you might have to uh, you might wind up on a practice practice squad. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and keep checking back to behind the curtain for uh, for news in that regard. What else do I want to talk about tonight? Oh, yes, I want to talk about what I was kind of. Kidding uh, Kyle about the other uh, at the beginning of the show, and that's uh, Thursday night's backyard brawl between Pitt and uh, and uh, West Virginia. Um, if you happen to catch that game on on, on ESPN, I mm-hmm. mean, Ackershire Stadium was electric. It was fantastic. I, I have never seen that stadium, or I should say, I haven't seen that stadium look like that for a college game maybe ever um maybe maybe 2016 when pitt and penn state they had a a three-point game and of course the the stands were full because um you know that you know back then it was called heinz field and uh it was it was the first time the two teams played each other since 2000 and it was an exciting game and there are a lot of uh, penn state alum in pittsburgh and allegheny county so maybe then but uh, you know thursday night it was the first time that they that they that the two teams played each other for 11 in 11 years and it, it was a just a thriller and it went right down to the last few seconds and to me that's what college football is all about and to me that's where college football kind of has it over the nfl i think because um like the the rivalries that exist in in college sports, like I don't care what what, what, you talk about the Ravens and the Steelers, Ravens and Browns. There's just nothing about, there's nothing quite like a college sports rivalry because for one thing, so many of these schools are like, for example, Pitt and and West Virginia are 75 miles apart. You know, how many NFL teams are 75 miles apart? Right. I mean, it's like, you know, when I grew up in the eighties, when Pitt Penn State and West Virginia played each other all the time back before conference realignment, you know, you you know, you would, I'd go to school with um, Penn State fans and West Virginia fans, kids wearing WVU shirts and and Penn State shirts and Pitt shirts. Right. I mean, that's like, we all, we were all Steeler fans on Sunday, but on Saturday we all had different allegiances because of, uh, of the close proximity of these schools, you know, Penn State's two hours away in central PA so you know that's where uh college football has it over the NFL I think that kind of atmosphere and what you saw at at, at Acreshur Stadium on Thursday that's that that kind of college atmosphere it's rare to see in 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 Pittsburgh and that's why you know I I just hope that they can find a way to these two schools anyway to, to to have this this uh game played every year you know, it, here in, in, in Morgantown, West Virginia, because it, it, it just it's just it's clear that these two schools were made for each other as far as sports rivals. You know, they talk about chemistry and romance. Well, when it comes to college uh, football, certain schools just have certain chemistry that, you know, they have to play each other every year. The rivalry is too good. Uh, the fan bases are just too similar and the hatred is just too real. You know, it's like it's one thing to have uh uh you know those are neat too like the the competitive rivals that that develop that have nothing to do with geography like uh like Notre Dame and USC that's that's cool right but those interstate rivals those in state rivalries those it's just it's just it's just fantastic so it was it was a great time it was one of the most exciting games I've ever seen uh college or pro and one of the most fantastic finishes and to kind of r- relate it to the Steelers a little bit. That's what a you know, pit is where the Steelers want to be. They're new again, pit pit Panthers are new. Uh, they're exciting. The fans are buying in. They finally got over the hump last year by winning the ACC championship. Uh, if you're a pit fan, you know how, how, uh, you, you dreaded that how much you dreaded a possible collapse at the end, how they were going to screw something up. Cause that's that had been their history for so long since the early eighties, but they finally got over that hump last year and they went to a, a premium bowl game, the peach bowl. Um, so they're new, they're exciting. They have a good thing going. They, they, they you know, this, this, their current run that they're on could maybe propel them in, into some success that they haven't seen since the seventies. Uh, Steelers are trying to get back there again they're trying to get back to that to that um that kind of a, a thing you know people were talking about the attendance last year why was it so low you know, why why were there were so many no shows why did the atmosphere seem so um, underwhelming I think it's because people had had seen enough of the that, you know that the show that started in 2004 when big ben came in and that super bowl run and they were they were trying to hold on to that to the past uh with him as their quarterback and i think people just realized that, that they had jumped the shark as an organization you know that era had jumped the shark and it was time to move on so um pittsburgh has a young team as we've talked about before they have a uh what what looks to be a, a good to great young quarterback and Kenny Pickett who played for Pitt, obviously. So there's hope that they can get back there again and he could be the guy that le- helps lead them there. Maybe not this year. It's probably gonna be Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, but in, in 2023 and beyond, there's a chance for this, for, for a rebirth for these Steelers, like there was in the early nineties under Bill Cowher after Chuck Noll retired. So, um, I like those similarities uh, with Chuck Nolan and passing the baton to Bill Cower 30 years ago and big Ben indirectly passing the baton to Kenny Pickett, maybe not in two, 2022, but certainly by next year. So I think that's, uh, that's the kind of magic I hope to see at Accra stadium again, during Steeler games, something we really haven't seen that kind of electricity. We haven't seen that. For a Steelers game in quite a while In my opinion anyway So Those are my thoughts On for tonight And I will spend some time Answering some questions Highlighting some comments And I'll start off with uh, that Chick 46 who says I am actually drinking a beer tonight You go Steelers Chick 46 And uh it's 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 labor day weekend it's, it's it's a weekend to 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 relax and 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 uh let your hair down so this one is from kathy Ford, and she asked anybody pick up tyler vaughn's i i'm not sure i'm not sure i don't i don't think they have i, I i'm i haven't seen anything but he is a fine young receiver, and 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 I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up on a fifty-three man roster before long. Steelers Pittsburgh says Haig is the only surprise as far as the cuts for him, as far as he was concerned. And then they replace him with the Vikings dude. Yeah, I mean he didn't even really. I mean he's really a Dolphins player because he never really. Uh, I, I'm I obviously played in the preseason for Minnesota, but but they tells him away before, before he could play a regular game with them. So yeah. Uh, I mean, again, th- like I wrote about on Friday, they're kind of grasping at straws. They're trying to figure stuff out because that's all they can do at the, at the moment. You know, I, I I can't criticize them for it. And But the reason why I wrote the article that I wrote is because I, I, you know, I think people were kind of assuming that this was an answer um, for like maybe a, a at left tackle or at left guard. And it, that's just not it. They're not they're not gonna bring in a guy like this and 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 throw him in as the starter. They brought him in for depth. He's he's adjusting, you know, he's he's a in case of emergency, break open uh glass kind of a player. That's 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 who he is, just like Joe Haig was for them last year. So uh, I think they're just trying to are just trying to figure, you know, they they know what they had in Joe Haig, and maybe they're trying to find uh, uh, a slight upgrade with, with Davis, and who knows, maybe uh, they were trying to save some money, too. Oh, here's one that I kind of kinda, uh, forgot about Benny Snow. That did kind of surprise me. This is from Kathy again, and she says, it took a long time for me to admit Benny wasn't going to break out as RB1. Yeah, I think a lot of people were not just shocked, but sadly disappointed. <laughs> That Benny Snell stuck around, but I'm not. I'm not being original when I say this. Clearly, they like him for his special teams, and he's he's a really good special teams player. So that helps him stick around. But Kathy uh, brings up a good point about Benny Snell and and how it took her a while to to admit that that he wasn't going to be a starter in this league, because you know when these guys come into the league, these fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, and this is something that Tyler Warren might find out. I'm sorry. Yeah. Tyler Warren, might find No, Jalen Warren, <laughs> Jalen Warren. It's late. Jalen Warren might find out soon enough. And that's, you know, these, these guys that most of them don't go on to have productive careers. They, they can stick around. They, they can have NFL careers. Um, but they don't, more often than not, they don't turn into stars. So I remember when Benny style came here in 2019, we were excited about his productivity at Kentucky Benny Snell, football downhill runner. You know, he uh, he he has he's part of NFL royalty. His his great great uncle, I guess, played in Super Bowl um, three. He scored the uh, first touchdown of that game. Uh, but you know, it just didn't work out. It just hasn't worked out that way. And before Benny Snell, a year earlier, it was Jalen Samuels fifth round pick out of out of nc state jack of all trades could play tight end yeah, catch the ball out of backfield running back you know will Jalen samuels be to steal of the draft he's the most versatile player maybe in the draft and you know by year two people people wanted him gone <laughs> they had enough of Jalen samuels but that's just how it is i mean we, we hype these guys up so much um after they're drafted and it's so much easier to do today because everybody has a voice. Everybody's on social media. Everybody has a podcast. Everybody's sharing their opinions. Everybody's breaking things down and uh, you kind of, and it's fun. I mean, it's fun. I, I get, I, I get the, fu- the fun part of it, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's important to remember that, that, you know, the hype usually doesn't, you know, these players don't usually live up to that kind of hype. Not, not these kind of guys, not fourth, fifth, Six round, seventh round, traffic. So, all right. Michael O'Malley says, AO, Tony, what's up, Michael? What else we have here? <laughs> Mark Malone. Who- who joined us a lot, uh, former Steelers quarterback. I, 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 I hope that would be just so cool. And he says, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to have played behind those guys, yeah. Mark Malone, and Mark Malone was a good athlete in his day. I mean, he had a 90 yard touchdown reception at the time, it was the longest, uh, touch, touchdown in team history uh, from Terry Bradshaw to Mark Malone back in 1981. So, from for for Mark Malone to say that, I mean, that's it's an indictment of our current the Steelers' current offensive line. So That's a good point, Mark. By the way, Mark, I hope you get in, inducted. Ah, You're not going to get inducted to the Steelers' Hall. What am I kidding? Who am I kidding? But I hope you have a relationship with the organization at some point. This one from Michael O'Malley about the offensive line, who has an a, a opposite uh, take than uh, Mark Malone and uh another double m kind of mark mark uh michael O'Malley says I, I absolutely hope they gel and really become a good unit you and me both you and me both because um you know that would solve a lot of the problems right i mean it's 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 like i like i keep saying you, you can't address every issue with a premium pick or or a a, a a expensive free agent you have to hit on some of these um uh, mid-round picks, and you know, I said earlier that you know these mid-round picks and these uh undrafted free agents, their chances of them becoming stars uh are pretty slim. But you know, you can also have a pretty decent career as a role player. You know Ram- Ramon Foster stands out in that regard, Al Vill Nueva, um, even BJ Finney, and of course, uh Matt father. I mean, they, they, they were all guys who, who were undrafted and, you know, they had nice careers for themselves and that's why I was so excited about, about Dan Moore last year. And I'm still kind of holding out hope for him um, because, you know, to find a starting left tackle in the fourth round, that's rare. Um, But it's also often necessary if you, if you, Want to build a fifty-three man roster because, again, you can't you can't address every issue with a a premium pick. It's impossible. I see Bobby Brister is also joining us, and he's saying hello to Mark Malone. Did they their paths cross in Pittsburgh? I think they did. Yes, that's right. Mark Malone and uh, Bobby Brister, and uh, they they. uh, they're in the chat just about every 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 show now, which is uh which is cool. And Chick informs me that Mark Robinson, the seventh round pick out of Ole Miss, the uh, inside linebacker, the heavy hitter, the quick twitch muscle guy, boy, is that guy explosive. Um, he won the Isaac Redman Award, and uh, he narrowly beat out Jalen Warren. So I'm starting to get excited about mark robinson as shannon white has been since day one but the more i think about this guy and, and as i said quick twitch this guy is so explosive you know he, he brings something to 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 the that at, at core that you know guys like uh, even miles jack doesn't have that, that that kind of athleticism at this point and it seems like i'm not sure if devin bush ever did of course, Marcus, uh, uh, Robert Spillane, and 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 those guys—they, they, you know, all these down the liners—they don't have that kind of athleticism that Mark Robinson appears to have uh, as a seventh-round pick. And I, you know, one has to wonder what this guy's draft pedigree would have been had he played inside linebacker for his entire college career and had done so for Old Miss. Uh, you know, he transferred from a couple of smaller schools. He was a running back. Uh, which might ex- explain his athleticism. He was a running back, and then he switched over to to um, inside linebacker as a walk on for Ole Miss last year, and he won a starting job, and he had a, a pretty darn good year. So one has to wonder what he could have, what his draft stock could have been had he had he been a full time uh, linebacker before turning pro. So I mean, they may have just scra- scratched the surface with this guy, and the fact he's working with Brian Flores as is a uh, linebacker coach, one one of the the brightest defensive minds in the in the NFL today. I mean, that's that, that can only help him. I mean, if he doesn't if he doesn't, uh, it's like working with Mike Munchak. If he doesn't learn from Brian Flores, then you know he was never going to learn from anybody. So, who knows? I mean, maybe you know those uh those underdog stories. I mean, they're they're rare, but when they when they happen, I mean, you know. They're James Harrison. <laughs> they're guys like that. They're they're Willie Parker. They're Mike Hilton. You know, so it is possible, it is possible that this guy could turn into a player for them. So we'll see what happens. All right. And Evan Gallis says, so Malik Reed is wearing number 50. He's going to wear Ryan Shazier's number. Well, I mean I don't think he's the first one since is he is he the first one since Shazir had his uh his uh injury to wear number 50. I I don't know, but uh apparently he's gonna wear that in 2022. Claude Bishop asks, do you think the run defense will be better this year? I do. And and that's simply due to the fact that Alu, Alu and uh Ogunjobi are gonna be starters. Um and uh neither one of those guys was in the lineup last year. Lulu was lost uh, in the second week for the year. And of course to missed all of last year. And Ogan Joby was uh, in Cincinnati. So from that standpoint alone, I think they're going to be um, better, but I mean, the question is, are they going to be on the field uh, all that often together as a, as a, not just the two of them, but the two of them and Cam Hayward, because uh, they're, they're using so much, what two so many uh packages with two two down defensive linemen so you know it, it, it can't just be um those guys it's it's top the run it's got to be the inside linebackers you know the, the dime linebackers the nickelbacks those kind of guys obviously watt and Highsmith. um yeah so i think they're going to be better i mean it's hard to be much worse it's hard to be worse i can tell you that i mean it was really bad last year so we'll see and Claude Bishop says of Joe Haig, he's better than, uh, Jesse Davis. I, I would, I would assume he's talking about Jesse Davis. Maybe he is but again, maybe it was just a, a cost cutting move too. They saved a little bit of money. I think by bringing him in here. Steelers Pittsburgh says Randy Lamb meeting, meeting Randy Fickner ruined Jalen Samuels' career. Uh I don't know. I mean, you know, he had a pretty darn good rookie year here um, under Randy, Randy Fickner. Remember that uh that that Patriots game when he rushed for like 140 yards and that win over the Patriots at the end of 2018, kept him in the playoffs. I think Samuels just was was somebody who. Like a lot of uh, players in recent years on, on offense, he got caught up in the in the problems as a whole with the offense, meaning too many different coordinators, quarterback problems, the line deteriorating, and he was the fifth-round pick. So they weren't going to give him that many chances. So he, he lasted, what, uh, three years, which, you know, for a fifth-round pick, it's actually pretty common. So I just think he, you know, he – more than likely reached his full potential. And again, we probably hyped him up more than he did. He he needed to be hyped up because that's what we do now. Yeah. know, know, Anytime these guys uh, uh, get drafted or signed or, you know, there's like a a big thing online about it. Like they just signed, uh, you know, a future hall of famer, you know, it's just, it's just, everything is so hyped up in 20 in, in, in the modern era that I think we just, we 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 think these guys are much better than they actually are. It's easy to do, you know, when it's the middle of April or the middle of May and and uh you're excited about the season and the season's four or five months away. Well, it's easy to like to talk yourself into thinking that, you know, oh my gosh, look at these highlights. Look at the you know, this guy's coordinator in college is is a is a tight end coach for the Steelers now. Oh my gosh he he's going to have all kinds of special packages for him you know, and that's what we do every year and and it, it usually you know as they say water finds its own level and there's a reason why somebody's picked in the fifth round there's usually there's usually a reason why somebody's undrafted and there's usually a reason why somebody's drafted in the first round and you know if you if these guys play long enough they they let us know why their draft stock was what it was when they when they became pros. Claude Bishop asks, million-dollar question, do you think the Steelers will make the playoffs? I'll say this. Provided the defense stays healthy and provided they get decent quarterback play from Mitch Trubisky and then maybe Kenny, Kenny Pickett later on in the year, I think they're going to be where they were the last last year in, in 2018 and 2019, and that's they're going to be in it in the final week. And uh, maybe they'll they'll need to win and get in, or need to win and need some help. I think that's the kind of team they're going to have this year. Uh, if everything goes right, maybe nine and eight. If everything goes sour, six and eleven, seven and ten. But you know, nine, seven, and one got them the seventh seed last year. So as of right now, that's what I'm predicting. They're going to be once again fighting for a, a, a playoff spot at the end of the year. I mean, you look at the AFC; it's just so loaded. You know, and their schedule is so tough, especially to start the year. You got the Bengals, Bills in there, the Patriots. Who are? I mean, they're, they're not the Patriots anymore, but you know, they're they're still pretty tough. And they made the playoffs last year. You know, the entire AFC West is is loaded. Uh, you know, the, the Bills are are primed to make a uh, make it to the Super Bowl Super Bowl this year. You know, the Ravens are healthy again. Obviously, the Bengals are the defending AFC champions, who have you know blown Pittsburgh out the last three years. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be a daunting uh, task. But I think if their defense is, again, if their defense is, is dominant and healthy, and if their quarterback play is even just above average, I think they can hang in there until the end. All right. I think I've talked long enough. And on that note, I will call it a night. I will wish you all a, a a happy Labor Day weekend. I hope you enjoy that college football. I mean, college football is great. I love college football and I'm, you know, now that that nail biter is out of the way with Pitt and West Virginia, I can, I can watch some great college football this week with, 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 uh, without uh, having a heart attack. So I'm looking forward to Notre Dame, Ohio state, and those kind of games this weekend. It's just, it's just such a great time of year. So you guys enjoy your holiday and you guys enjoy your, your, your weekend. And until I talk to you again, have a, uh, 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 uh again, a great weekend. And as always go Steelers. Goodbye, everybody. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing